With the current war going on between Russia and Ukraine, that being the substance of the news constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I thought it would be good to talk about wars and rumors of wars this week in our teaching. Jesus is speaking prophetically to his closest disciples, the future leaders of a new entity that's going to be called the church, and we find the story in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 3. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, Watch out that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and they will mislead many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Make sure that you are not alarmed, for this must happen, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise up in arms against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. You will be hated by all the nations because of my name. Then many will be led into sin and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much that the love of many will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. We are in a season in world history when Jesus' words are front and center, and they should be speaking very loudly to the believers and to his disciples today. So let me summarize what we just read. Number one, many people are being misled in the name of Christ and the Church. Because Jesus warned us many false prophets and false apostles will come speaking forth misleading and false prophetic words, giving false hope and false direction. Matthew 24, 24, For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders, in other words, real signs and wonders, to deceive, if possible, even the elect. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. So false prophets, false apostles, will be released and will speak false words and deceive many. Number two, there are currently a number of wars being fought. The most current and the one that is in your face right now is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Jesus warned us in the scripture from Matthew 24 that nation will rise up in arms against nation, kingdom against kingdom. It's happening. Thirdly, the true... Christian church is hated and is being persecuted as never before in our long history. Persecuted by governments, persecuted by other religions, and even 
persecuted by many who call themselves believers in Jesus, no longer being tolerated, even though nations are declaring that they are tolerant of and accepting of people who live and think and believe differently. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. We are not being tolerated. If you call yourself a born-again Christian, you are being persecuted. It may be mild currently, but it will increase. Number four, lawlessness has and is increasing. Lawlessness, biblically, is rooted in rebellion against the plans and the purposes of God. The root of lawlessness is sin and is firmly planted in selfishness. Lawlessness is the exact and total opposite of righteousness. Lawlessness is everyone doing what seems right in their own eyes. Judges 21, verse 25. Number five, many who declare the name of Jesus will fall away and leave the faith. They'll leave the church. It said that the love of many, that's agape love in the original Greek, which is God's love within the believer. So many who have said that they love God, have this agape love, will fade away. Many will simply leave the Christian faith, leave the church, because it will be uncomfortable. It will be difficult to be a true believer. And number six, the gospel of the kingdom, the true gospel, will be preached everywhere. Matthew 24, 14, as we read, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, the marching order, the mandate of the church. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I believe we are in the end of the age, the end times. So within this biblical context, Let's take a partial look at the current war between Russia and Ukraine. And the biggest challenge for anyone trying to grasp what is going on in the world today, and especially in the war now happening in Ukraine, has always been this. If you don't understand God, you won't understand the world. That's the biggest challenge. Most of the Western media outlets trying to report on bloody Putin versus oh-so-holy NATO, entirely miss this understanding, entirely miss this, because they have no understanding of God, and therefore they won't understand the world correctly. The same is true for the Russian-controlled press, just the other way around, the great Putin and the terrible and dangerous NATO. A prophetic voice, John Mulinda, of Uganda once said, God preaches through geography, and I call that a major kingdom truth. In fact, it's the first of a number of kingdom truths we're going to look at. So kingdom truth number one, God preaches through geography. There's an insightful book called Prisoners of Geography, and in it, the author, journalist Tim Marshall, describes Russia as a prisoner of its own vast and vulnerable geography. He portrays Putin as someone who goes to bed praying, Why, God, did you not put some mountains into Ukraine? 
Russia has always been most vulnerable towards the western flatlands, Ukraine, and will forever try to protect its imperial interests there. So, as a result of the geography, Putin does not want Ukraine to join NATO, NATO being the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, because this would put a strong foreign horse, 30 countries, on his immediate border, 28 European nations and two in North America. On a mundane level, the cultural West often conveniently forgets to mention that as the Soviet Union went bust in 1989, they made a deal with NATO to completely withdraw from East Germany, which Russia did, against the NATO promise that they would not extend NATO eastward. Russia kept that deal. NATO absolutely did not. So Russia, no choir boy in the matter itself, has been betrayed and therefore is agitated. Remember that the national symbol for Russia is the bear. Why, why is the bear the national emblem of Russia? Well, later, after the breakup of the USSR, the bear was one of the contenders to appear on the Russian national emblem, but it lost to the Russian imperial double-headed eagle. However, the bear had a comeback in the early 2000s when it was picked as a symbol of the ruling United Russian Party, Putin's party. And if you come too close to a dangerous and hungry bear, if you set up a tent right in front of its lair, what will be the outcome? Will there be peace and you cozying up? No way, Norway. You will have a country, a bear, that wants to eat you for breakfast. So kingdom truth number one, God preaches, God gives his messages through the geography of the current nations. Kingdom truth number two is Russia is a prisoner of an imperial spirit placed in it by God himself. The world has seen its sequence of the age of empires. Jesus calls it the keros of nations, the time of the nations. Luke 21, 24 reads, And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away as captives among all nations. <clears throat> Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. In, in other words, the times of the age of the empires are finished. The keros of nations. This time, this keros, will be followed by the time of the kingdom of God, when Jesus is declared king and rules over the earth. Meanwhile, between then and now, we see nations rise and fall, kingdoms come and go, and wars and rumors of wars. The book of Daniel, chapter 2 and chapter 7, introduced to us four creatures that are the hallmark or totems of four empires that have and in the future will come and rule on the earth. Let's read it from Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream filled with visions which went while he was lying on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream in summary fashion. Daniel explained, I was watching in my vision during the night as the four winds of the sky were stirring up the great sea. 
Then four large beasts came up from the sea. They were different from one another. The first one was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was lifted up from the ground, and it was made to stand on two feet like a human being, and a human mind was given to it. Then a second beast appeared, like a bear. It was raised up on one side, and there were three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, Get up and devour much flesh. After these things, as I was watching, another beast, like a leper, appeared with four bird-like wings on its back. This beast had four heads, and ruling authority was given to it. And after these things, as I was watching in the night visions, a fourth beast appeared, one dreadful, terrible, and very strong. It had two large rows of iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and anything that was left, it trampled with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that came before it, and it had ten horns. As I was contemplating the horns, another horn, a small one, came up between them, and three of the former horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This horn had eyes resembling human eyes, and a mouth speaking arrogant things. While I was watching, thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His attire was white like snow. The hair on his head was like lamb's wool. His throne was ablaze with fire, and its wheels were all aflame. A river of fire was streaming forth and proceeding from his presence, and many thousands were ministering to him. Many tens of thousands stood ready to serve him. The court convened, and the books were opened. Then I kept on watching because of the arrogant words of the horn that was speaking. I was watching until the beast was killed and its body destroyed and thrown into the flaming fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their ruling authority had already been removed, though they were permitted to go on living for a time and a season. I was watching in the night visions, and, the and with the clouds of the sky, one like the Son of Man was approaching. He went up to the Ancient of Days, was escorted before him. To him was given, given ruling authority, honor, and sovereignty. All peoples, nations, and language groups were serving him. His authority is eternal and will not pass away. His kingdom will not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed, and the visions of my mind were alarming me. I approached one of those standing nearby and asked him about the meaning of all this, and so he spoke with me and revealed to me the interpretation of the vision. These large beasts, which are four in number, represent four kings who will arise from the earth. The holy ones of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will take possession of the kingdom forever and ever. Now, in Daniel's day, in that season, in that spiritual age, the lion, with the wings like an eagle, was Babylon. The bear, Medo-Persian Empire. The leper, Greece. 
and the mutant monster, Chimera, was Rome. These empires are given a time window to be imperial as a corrective measure of God, a way for God's people to be corrected, disciplined, and chastised after they had rejected his rule over them. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, it reads, But this request displeased Samuel, for they said, Give us a king to lead us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Do everything the people request of you, for it is not you that they have rejected, but it is me that they have rejected as their king. So that's God simply saying, You, my own people, reject me to be who I am, king of kings. Okay, then as a homework for the next couple of thousand years, you will all learn what it is to be under the fist of global empires. And these global empires will fill the God-shaped void, the king-shaped void. And then you will say one day, Oh my God, we would have been better submitted to you than those brute colonizers. These empires of the past were controlled by territorial spirits, and these spirits have not ceased to exist and work on the earth today, although those four empires have all disappeared. The spirits have been assigned certain geographical areas to be ruling over and to influence and control. And so this leads to kingdom truth number three. Kingdom truth number three, these empires still exist, and the imperial spirit is still alive. Although we need to know that they are coming swiftly to an end in the times in which we now live. But if you are just following the beasts, you'll see that the first empire, Babylon, is still alive in the German nation, with the lion and the eagle as its original double totem. Yes. Remember Hitler? It does not take much prophetic insight to see that Russia the bear as an heir to the Persian bear spirit and their empire. And for the sake of completion, the British Empire, with originally a leper, not three lions, in its flag, and so it's a continuation of the Greece, Greek Empire under Alexander the Great. And what is left of the USA is nothing but a Roman Empire spirit gone west and now soon going south, as in falling apart. Watch it very carefully as this pillar of democracy fails and falls. Kingdom truth number four is that Russia, called names in the Bible like Magog, Gog, Theogamy, Mishk, has a gaff in its cheek, a hook, a leash, placed there by God himself. The bear is God's bear, and it dances to God's flute. Sometime, when you have time, read Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, prophetic words spoken many decades ago, many centuries ago, against Gog and Magog, Russia. Let me read a piece of it to you. Ezekiel 38, verse 4. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and bring you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them fully armed, a great company with shields of different types, 
all of them armed with swords. So all that is happening today is not lost on the Lord. It's not happening in a void. It's part of a kingdom plan that has been in motion for many thousands of years. But when you see the news from a secular viewpoint instead of from a kingdom viewpoint, you miss all of this. Kingdom truth number five. The bear was told by God to move forward and devour. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 5, we read, Then a second beast appeared, like a bear. It was raised up on one side, and there were three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, Get up and devour much flesh. Just as every animal on our planet has a driving thought and intention in line with how it was created, each with a different function, you know, a cat or a dog as a pet, a bear and a lion as wild animals. So God allows nations to have specific purposes, to be vessels for good or bad, holy or unholy. Does the pot have the right to tell its potter, why did you make me this way? Why did you make me like this? No. But it has the right to ask, what is my purpose? And God would answer, you're carrying a partial kingdom truth as a narrative and a message about a world that has run away from me. You are whom I made you to be, and a bear is not a household pet like a cat. Although most bears actually like being a bear, to be a ferocious and devouring bear is not the prettiest or most romantic animal but that is how they were created. And Russia is the bear, and it is devouring. But God has a hook in its mouth, has the nation on a leash, has the spirit that controls the nation on a leash. That's something to note as we see the spiritual reality a little more clearly. There's a physical reality as well, by the way. Remember, the most of the current Russian population are not ethnic Russians, and that the Russian people are seriously fed up with Putin and his bloody wars. They fought a long war in Afghanistan, which they lost, 1979 to 1989. They fought a violent and deadly war in Syria, which is still ongoing. 2015 to 2021 was the Russian involvement. And this is why many in Russia are now turning away from the empire mindset that traps a man like Putin. Many are currently leaving Russia to relocate in Finland and other neighboring countries. That's not leaving Ukraine. I said it correctly. Many are currently leaving Russia to relocate in NATO countries. Many in Russia are demonstrating against what their government is currently doing in Ukraine. All independent media has been shut down. Foreign media has left. Facebook is no longer functioning. And the younger generation has started looking for a better framework for their future, a better allegiance than with Soviet Union 2.0. And this search mode 
will lead many to the discovery that, yes, there is exactly such a wonderful empire, totally loving, benevolent, powerful, and meaningful under the wise rulership of Jesus. And they're going to discover that this empire is called the kingdom of God. And so the church needs to be ready, therefore, for a huge kingdom harvest in Russia. A kingdom harvest of many in Russia who are getting tired of PK, Putin, and Kirill. Kirill is the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. Both of these men are running in circles right now. Their time to rule is coming to an end. There is a kingdom perspective to all that is happening today. We just took a very small peek at it tonight. A closing comment on a historical note. We need to remember that what is Russia today actually started in what is now the city of Kiev, and it started as a loose federation of Slavic states. It was called Kievan Rus. It was founded along the Dnieper River in what today is Ukraine.